Happy Octiversary! <laughs> that sounds like uh, you're saying Happy Leaf Erickson Day like on Spongebob. Ahinga dinga turgum. <laughs> it's our 40th episode, dude. It is. We're old. Uh, we are old now, yeah. yeah. We're middle-aged as a podcast. Oh, yeah. I feel it, too. My knees are creaking. Uh-huh. We, uh... <laughs> 40 episodes. That's a lot, man. I'm proud of us. Yeah. I am. That's like one of the few things that we both have consistently done for 40 weeks. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. <laughs> uh, it's been fun. Uh, so before, obviously, before we even start the show, just want to give a special shout out to everyone who's listened to most of or all of the 40 episodes so far. Mm. Uh, we do very much appreciate it. And we have a lot of fun making the show. So we hope that you enjoy listening to it. Yeah, and we can never repay, repay, repay you for the 40 hours of your life you've wasted. Uh, yeah, between 40 and 80 hours. <laughs> that's two weeks of your life gone, two work weeks of your life gone. Uh, and we definitely appreciate that. We're not going to pay you for that time. No. But we do offer our heartfelt thanks. Yeah, you can pay us, though, by signing up for uh, Audible free trial. Audibletrial.com slash Soko. Free! <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a fun show. We got a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff going on, but first, uh, as a little special uh, 40th episode slash fifth octiversary treat, <laughs> uh, you've got uh, you found something something fun. Uh, I don't know what this is. Yeah, but you you found something that you wanted to share. <laughs> so we were tr- we were bullshit and trying to figure out something to start the show with, and because uh, nothing super embarrassing happened to us this week, so that's good. And uh, I, I just searched people who are over 40 or 40 or older and uh figured we'd do the top five since the fifth fifth octiversary just this is just a website it's famousbirthdays.com they have them ranked for some reason i don't know why so that's that's what we're gonna go with so the first one so this uh, is this is the top five people over 40 it doesn't the website doesn't even like state that it just says 40 years old and then it lists people and it has the number that they're oh. next to them so like so they're not even in a particular order i don't i think they i don't know maybe but okay. they're like they're really weird <laughs> so before i i do want the top five very shortly first i want the last person on the list the last who is the least impressive 40 year old well i think it goes for but <laughs> Um, I'll just go at the bottom of the page. I don't know if there's multiple pages. Uh, number 48 is what it ends on. That's Lamar Wilson. I don't know uh, who the fuck that is. He's a YouTube star. Oh, okay. Um, and then 47 is Jason Mraz. Yeah, Jason Mraz is 40. <laughs> Which I think he's going to be in Cedar Rapids, right? He is coming here to Yeah, we we got to go see him and say that he's number 47. Yeah, shouts to Jason Mraz for uh, for cracking the list. That's an honorable mention, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. But uh All right, hit me with uh hit num- me with number 5. Number 5, not someone who's super well known. Uh he's a YouTube star. Uh Rhett McLaughlin, McLaughlin? Rhett McLaughlin? Don't know. Him. Yeah, so we'll stick skip to number 4. Number 4 is of course Supernatural star Jensen Ackles. Oh gosh. <laughs> Jensen Ackles. <laughs> number 3 uh, he's he's uh, he's definitely like the farm animal of the NFL. He's the goat, Tom Brady. Tom Tom Brady is number th- what, what number was that? Three. Three. Yeah. There's no fucking world uh, in which on, Tom Brady is only number on. three. You haven't heard number two. Okay. Or number all right, one. All right. Number fine. two. You can agree with this one. I bet. Uh, Kanye West. Number okay, two. Okay. Kanye. Yep. Okay. If anyone's gonna be above Tom Brady, I can live with it being Kanye West. Yeah. And number one, I actually it's it's blank. Um. What? I, I can only assume that it's blank because it's probably John Cena. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? 
I I don't know what I hate more that John Cena's number one or that that gag made me laugh. <laughs> Oh, John Cena's number one. And so, come on. He, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, at least have a little sympathy for him. Him, him and Nikki Brella broke up this week, so. I do not care. Their engagement's off. That's, he got to enjoy her for a while. And yeah. And tis better have loved and lost than to never have loved Nikki Bella at all. <laughs> That's true. Shouts to Kanye West. He's my number one. Well, I my think number he's one. number two. That's perfect. Um, so are these people who are exactly 40? I don't think so. They're just 40 I think it's just forty-year-olds. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I would give special shout-outs to Halle Berry and Jennifer Aniston, both over forty, still getting it. Are they? Are they fifty though? Halle Berry might be fifty. I'm not I sure. I think Jennifer Aniston is too. No, she's not. Let's look it up. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, that's like the next option. Forty-nine. Oh, real close. Yeah, she's in her forties. Halle you know, Berry age. Halle Berry is 51 years old. Oh, we'll talk about you in 10 episodes, Halle. <laughs> um, you know what year that Jennifer Aniston was born in? I can guess. Yeah, 68. No, I'm kidding. 69. <laughs> nice. Yeah. February 11th, 1969. So she'll be uh, she'll be 50 uh, February 11th next year. So we got to celebrate. We, we will celebrate. We'll have some way to celebrate Jennifer Aniston. Um, hopefully behind closed doors. Well, that was fun. I, I like the little list. Uh, top five people over 40. Kanye West is the true number one. Uh, John Cena can F all the way off. Wow. Yeah. That's what I say. You mean to fucking tell me that the list goes Tom Brady, Kanye West, and then John Cena. John Cena's number I one. I say nay. Nay, sir. Nay. Let's... <laughs> 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 Uh, it, it, it is the 40th episode, so we got a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Still stupid as ever. It's going to be possibly more stupid than ever. Yeah. There is some, we're going to talk about some dumb shit today. Oh, yeah. And we're going to we're gonna do some silly things. Yeah, maybe got a guest coming back. Could be. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Two guesses who that might be. And uh, Hey, we've had three guests. Well, yeah, but you can't make it that easy. Oh. They get two, guess, two guesses. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You get one guess. Okay. No capes. Well, at any rate, it's going to be a really fun show. We've got some news. We've got some fucking around to do. Um, but first, as always, we got to start with Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. This might be our best Chic Tweet yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so this uh, a sacred holiday occurred this week, or last week, I guess. Uh, one that many fear. Uh, some, some enjoy, some... Some uh, celebrate it with with uh, pride and honor. It's Friday the thirteenth. Everyone everyone has an opinion about Friday the thirteenth, right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just bullshitting one, here. First one is good. Second one stinks. Oh, the movie. The rest are like fun. I yeah. would say that's Michael Myers, right? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, Seth. That's Michael Myers. Good. He's 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 like yeah, baby, right? In that one. Oh my god! Read the fucking tweet. <laughs> Iron Sheik says. Fuck the Friday the 13th. You don't scare me, you dumb son of a bitch. Go fuck yourself, low-life piece of garbage. <laughs> I love, my favorite part is how he, like he, like, he makes his point, like, go fuck yourself, and then he adds on low-life piece of garbage, like Friday the 13th as a person. Yeah, and the person that he hates more than fucking anybody. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say that to, like, I don't know, Melissa McCarthy. Like, that even feels harsh to say to her. Yeah. 
But the she, the she gets so riled up. I, you know, I think he gets angrier about ideas than he does about people. Probably. The only thing he feels more passionate about than Friday the 13th sucking is that Rob Thomas is amazing. Yeah. And then he hates Hulk Hogan. He that, does hate Hulk Hogan. He definitely doesn't like Hulk Hogan. Because he's a jabroni. He is. Well, we're not jabronis, and we got other shit to talk about. So this That's has true. been Cheek Tweets. I call you a punk. If we ever did a live show, um, <laughs> I, I do weird dances and shit for some of the songs. <laughs> Uh, especially that one. And so, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. I, I mean, I'd have to do it because if we did a live show for one, I'd be hammered cause I, in front of people, no way. And, and for two, that would be, that would, I would definitely be doing some weird dances on stage. Our, our live show would be hilarious because it would yeah. be like my mother <laughs> and she'd have a sign and then like, whichever, my baby. and then like a handful of our friends that like we paid mm-hmm. to show up. Yeah. So that'd be kind of fun. Just be yeah. a party where we had all the attention. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Let's do that. It's like, has it, <laughs> it's something you haven't had since your graduation. God, I know. Yeah, we got to get back to that. <laughs> Let's graduate again. Before we jump into the news, of course, want to mention our sponsor, Audible. Uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash SoCo. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible for free. Free! And that does include your first book credit also for free. Free! So make sure you jump on audible.com or sorry, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Start listening to the millions <sighs> of great books that are on there. <laughs> you must have rocks fans. <laughs> I really want to do. <laughs> uh, once again, that's audibletrial.com slash SoCo. You're going to see the link down below. Um, click on it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Lots of fun news to get to. We're going to start today with video games. Video games. Whoa! I got one piece of news here. One of the, I guess, one of the more popular video game players of all time is Billy Mitchell. Oh yeah. And if you're not, if you're not familiar with Billy Mitchell, he was the subject of the documentary The King of Kong. Excellent. A fistful of quarters. Excellent movie. And uh, I didn't see it. It was good. You'd Very recommend good. it though? Yeah, uh, it's really entertaining for, uh, just like not even video game people like it's 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 actually pretty dramatic and like there's some conspiracy stuff involved it's pretty cool hmm. well the conspiracies don't stop uh billy mitchell is the the holder of the top score ever scored on donkey kong the old uh, arcade video game and so the that documentary is about him trying to accomplish that record and he for years has been the true record holder but very recently it has come out that he um apparently got a lot of his high scores while he was using an emulator. Uh, if you don't know what an emulator is, it's, it's basically um, a computer or a computer system that pretends to be another one. And so it, it was revealed that he didn't actually get his high scores on a physical um, like game console, like the booth that you would see at an arcade, that version of Donkey Kong. And in order for it to be official, it has to be on that version of Donkey Kong. And so, um, even though he didn't necessarily cheat with the game, the way that he achieved that high score doesn't count. And so, all of Billy Mitchell's high scores now have been voided, and he is no longer on the list of top scores for Donkey Kong. Yeah, so I actually just pulled this up now because I was interested. So, Steve Wiebe is the the guy who's the the center of the 
the uh, Fistful of Quarters documentary. Uh, they make Billy Mitchell seem like a complete douchebag and uh, oh. the villain in the movie, which is pretty great. Um, see, Weeby's like this normal looking dude. Well, normal for. He looks like he plays player. video games. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, yeah, there's this, and it's actually the. From what I'm reading, it sounds what you're saying is pretty correct. Um, the. Mitchell claimed his high score submission on hardware, arcade hardware, but Steve Wiebe was the first person to get a million points on Donkey Kong using an actual machine, mm. and so he and not not emulation. So uh, he's the recognized king of Kong, and he probably has a lot more than a fistful of quarters. <laughs> I wonder how much money there is to be made in having the high score for Donkey. I think Donkey they have competitions and stuff, almost like you know your Overwatches and shit like that. So. Mm-hmm. I, there might be some. He might be able to make, and he had a movie made about him, so maybe he got a decent money for it. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, big news in the video game community. That's kind of one of those weird things that everyone seems to care about, which is kind of fun. I love Donkey Kong, man. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I cannot imagine scoring a million points on it. Like <laughs> at best, I get like twelve thousand points. Right. And so that would take forever right. to do. Very long time. So, um, you know, so that's the news portion. We did bring up King of Kong. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more, uh, a little bit more about that. So, yeah, that it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of just what I said with Steve Wiebe. It's, it's really, he's the star of it. He's, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to be, cause Billy Mitchell was the kind of the original guy who did it. And Steve Wiebe is always known as, and I think they've, they've gone back and forth for many years of obtaining the record and it's been a long time since I've seen it and. I can't really even remember the ending, to be honest, but it's, I mean, it's just, it, it kind of goes into that history and some of the, the skeezy things that Billy Mitchell's done and really paints uh, Steve Wiebe as like the, the guy. So, it, I mean, it's really interesting just hearing the, the backstory. I think there's a little bit of backstory on Donkey Kong and uh, kind of how the, the competitions and things got started and just the whole world of it is really interesting. I think it's a it's like a 10-year-old documentary, I think. It's 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 getting up there now. So uh, definitely would, re- would recommend it. I would actually say that's our retro recommend for this week. I'm going to take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. There you go. King of Kong, this week's retro recommend. That's one I've been meaning to check out like yeah, forever. Good. Forever. So, forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Fun fact about uh, Donkey Kong. You know, the little main character in Donkey Kong is not Mario. Oh, yeah. What's he called? Do you know? Porn star Steve. No, he's called Jumpman. Jumpman, 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 Jumpman. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, well, so, speaking, of high, speaking of high scores... As much as it hates me to, as much as it pains me to bring up, uh, do you want to tell the folks who's the current leader in uh, in Mario Kart between the was, two of us? Was there any question? Uh huh. I mean, come on, come on. I'm actually leading by uh, two octaversaries in, oh, Mar- <laughs> in Mario Kart right now. Sixteen lead, sixteen victory lead currently over over Mr. Cody Michael over there. So. Yeah, I had a bad night last week and uh, dropped <laughs> a kept going. dropped a bunch in a row to you. Didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to leave the table. Uh, not the first time that's happened. To I didn't say that's exactly how you gamble. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is the biggest lead you've ever had. I'm not very happy about it, but I uh, I am not discouraged. I, I will be back and um, and it is just going to be that much more satisfying when I finally beat you. Sure. Um, 
Well, we took a little pause in the video game news, but I got a couple pieces here. I don't know if you have anything additional, but uh, one one I know you'll be excited about or maybe intrigued about is Bioshock. Uh, there's there's rumors of them creating a new game or rebooting the franchise. Now, I don't know if it'd be like a re- complete reboot, but uh, I know you said recently you picked it up. Is that something you'd, you'd be interested in checking out? So, yeah, um, I played the original Bioshock, like, whenever it came out. It was probably 10 years ago. And I played it, I think I rented it. Uh, and so I played it for, like, a night, and honestly, it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some frightening sections of it, or at least some creepy sections of it. But I've always heard it listed on some of, like, best games ever and oh, lists yeah. and things like that. So it was on sale on Xbox last week, so I picked up the first three Bioshock games in a package for, like, 25 bucks. So I got a pretty sweet deal on them. I haven't had the chance to sit down and really start banging them out yet, but I am really excited to get back into that and just see what all the fuss is about. So. Yeah. If I can, get, if I play through this series and uh, and I like it as much as I think I will, then yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for. Um, I'm hoping it's a full reboot with a new story and everything. I'm not interested in remastered editions, right? Really, so uh, so we'll see. But yeah, in, in general, I, I like that news. I'm, I'm hoping it's something new and cool. I think they've already done a remastered series too, because mm-hmm. uh, the first couple, I think the first two, came out on PS3 and Xbox 360, and they brought them to PS4 mm-hmm. and Xbox One. Um, yeah, I played about the first hour of that game, and I played it very slowly. So I, I know I didn't like play very much. Like in realistic game hours, I played maybe like fifteen minutes <laughs> because I was just so scared. So I'm like, nope. Yep. But maybe now it's been a long time since I tried it. I would check it out. But it's one of the best reviewed game franchises uh, of all time uh, in terms of the, the consistency of all three games. So uh, one other bringing up reviews uh, and, and great reviews is God the God of War, uh, the new. The new game. Uh, I don't know if it's really a reboot of the franchise, but it's, it's definitely a continuation. But it's like re- a repilot kind of. Yeah, kind of. But they're still taking into account the last game. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, the, the reviews came out for it, and Metacritic is a is a big one that a lot of video games uh, take into account because it's like it's like Rotten Tomatoes for video games, and this this one has the highest. It's the highest PS4 exclusive for Metacritic uh, at ninety five. Which is pretty great. The only other game that's higher on PS4 is uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which is at 97. So people are loving this right now. Everywhere I've been reading, it's it's been outstanding. Uh, IGN gave it a 10, which they never give games 10, which is pretty cool. Uh, I cannot wait to pick this game up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I uh, I watched the IGN review with you, and man, that guy was really creaming his jeans over it. <laughs> and there were some. You know, I'm not a fan of God of War, but I'll be honest, this it looks pretty freaking cool. And there's, you know, graphically it looks sweet, mechanically it looks sweet. Um, there's some interesting new fighting styles and things like that. Yeah, it sounds the one, like the story is kind of emotional and cool. Yeah, that, that's the biggest part of it is what I'm hearing is the story. The thing I'm excited about just for playing is because I really, I always enjoyed the the swords on his arms. You know, mm-hmm. that's always been fun, but it leads to more button, button mashing and stuff. Uh, the, this weapon is an axe. And you can throw it and stuff, and it's like Molnir. So you can like you'll throw it, and it'll stay where it's at, and then you recall it with a button, kind of like he does in Thor. He mm-hmm. just probably can't fly with it, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you recall it, and like they were talking about in one of the reviews of how like you can watch it come back at you and see it like hit the trees and stuff, and like leaves will go flying and all that. I'm really excited. That's that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool, and it'll hit sh- stuff in the way too. So like if there's an enemy, it'll whack the enemy. Hmm. I can't wait. Yeah, the, the way they showed that in that review was pretty cool because it even comes with like a noise yeah. and like a cool little vibration uh, yeah. effect. So, yeah, I I may 
try to get a hold of your PlayStation for a little <laughs> bit and give this one a shot. The, everything I've heard has been so good. Yeah. That this seems like something that I should probably check out for myself. Oh yeah. My I'm gonna have to go I'm gonna have to go buy an extra couple pairs pairs of jeans. I'm definitely gonna be creaming Jeez. them for a while. If uh, Seth's employer is listening, he's not really sick on Friday. <laughs> no, that's the thing that sucks, though, is you can't – I couldn't take it off because it comes out in 420, and you know what else is associated with that? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, then your boss is going to be like, Seth, are you taking off work to smoke weed? No, I'm taking off work to play a video game. <laughs> not really much better. Right. Um one other big franchise that it will be coming out with a new game in November is Call of Duty franchise. And some reports came out just a few few minutes ago before we started recording that uh, this newest one will not have a single-player campaign at all. Fuck you. It is just, really? It's just going to be all multiplayer between co-op. And there'll be a co-op story mode more than likely. And then just the multiplayer and the zombies and stuff. So mm. uh, $60 multiplayer game. Count uh, me the fuck out. Nope. Yeah, I know you already didn't like the other ones. Uh, for me personally, the one of the things that got me to buy the call of duty games is the campaigns campaigns have always been really fun oh yeah and i don't know just like the 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 multiplayer it's good for a bit and then once people start like playing because people play all the damn time Mm -hmm. and then you can't like if you don't play all the time either then you're screwed yeah you're gonna die all the time so i don't know is this do you see this as a trend in in video games in terms of like your shooters Uh, because i you need you look at your overwatches yeah uh, you look at your Fortnites that are coming being real popular uh now call of duty where where do you see kind of the the future yeah so the reason i'm okay with so overwatch is probably my favorite game that i own right now and it doesn't have a single player story um but what it does have is a very structured system by which it updates so like every every three months is a new season of overwatch and there's always updates there's always changes to the characters Mm -hmm. and so every three months is is kind of like a new game and they're always introducing new uh game modes Mm -hmm. and there is um actually i think just came out this last week there is now a story mode that you can play oh really yeah and it's you group up in four players and you play through some missions and stuff so for those of you who are going to say, like, oh, Cody, you love Overwatch and it doesn't have a story mode, fuck you, I thought of that. Um, <laughs> but, like, for these other games, I think that for a game like Fortnite or, you know, PlayerUnknown's Battleground, the the single the matches that you play in that are so goddamn long that, for, for whatever reason, it seems like it's not as monotonous. And those games haven't been out for long enough for people to get tired of them, mm-hmm. you know? But, like... Call of Duty, people get people get tired of Call of Duty mm-hmm. after playing for very long. And the thing, the only reason I would ever have to buy another Call of Duty game is the story modes. Because, like, the, the Modern Warfare series had awesome stories. I actually right. loved those. People love, I, not me, but people love the Black Ops story yeah. modes. And, like, you just bought World War II or World War I, whatever World it was. World War II, yeah. And uh, you really dug that story mode but didn't want to get didn't want to get down with the multiplayer. Yeah, so, I played like, the multiplayer right when it came out for a month or two mm-hmm. and then I took a break yeah. for like it wasn't even that long it was like three weeks and then I got back on and, and I was actually doing pretty well when I when, when I quit playing for a bit mm-hmm. I was I mean, my KD kill to death ratio was like it was around two-ish um, and then I come back and I just couldn't do a thing yeah because people just got too good and they bought shit they mm-hmm. bought the guns and the, the upgrades and all that stuff and it's just like it's not fun anymore no it's not um 
I wonder if Call of Duty is going to try to end, uh, try to put together a battle royale mode like yeah. uh, Fortnite and Player Unknowns. That could potentially give them, you know, a little more ability to make sales. But right now, I I hate this. Yeah. Um, EA had to learn the hard way with Battlefront. They didn't mm. have a Battlefront didn't have a story mode in the first game. Yeah. No one fucking bought it, and then they put a a story mode in the second game that was actually really good. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed playing through that, but I didn't play the multiplayer. So like, I. I hate this. I think it's lazy. Mm-hmm. Don't just come up with a concept for a shooter and then hand it to me and say, just shoot. <laughs> right. You know, like, uh, give me a reason. You know, now, whenever I get a game that has a story, I always play through the story before I start the multiplayer. Me too. You know, because you need, I need context, but I guess some people don't. And it did say single player campaign, so I'm assuming there'll be some sort of co-op campaign, but mm-hmm. co-op campaigns never really work to... It's, uh, the same degree of a single player campaign. No, you know, I, I definitely prefer. There are games like Destiny. I think has a pretty cool, but you can do it single player or multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that for me, the the cinematic nature and the 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 singular experience of being on your own in one of these stories is awesome. And it's right. it's really what games could and should be doing really really well right now. Right. And for Call of Duty to give up on that seems very misguided to me. I don't like this choice at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't either because I'm not going to buy it now at all. Yeah. I have no reason to buy it. Um, and, like, the thing about a, doing a co-op campaign is, like, um, if you have friends who also enjoy it, fine. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you don't and people just want to play the – that's the other thing is a lot of people just play the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So for me who wants to play a campaign, I have to – link up with some moron from Montana playing the game <laughs> who's like 12 years old and just wants to go around and shoot things and not actually enjoy the, the story. Yeah. So. Yeah, playing a, a multiplayer campaign can be very, very fun when you can squat up with some friends. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's rough when you're with people you don't know. Right. Well, I can think of at least one guy who's uh, looking to squat up before uh, before the next season starts, so we got to get into sports to talk about that. Sports! <laughs> And boom goes the dynamite. Sports this week brought to you by the Pop-Tart of the Week, Unfrosted Blueberry. Des Bryant now finds himself without a team. Throw up the X. A lot of rumors going around Des Bryant. Um, I was surprised to to be told he's only, he's only 29 years old, Seth. He's had, 29? He's, he's had some injury concerns, but this guy's got some football left in him. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you think of this move for the Cowboys? Was it right to cut him loose? I think so in terms of in terms of what they're paying him. Mm-hmm. I think they signed a little depth with uh, Alan Hearns this offseason. He's a guy, he, he's actually might be a better red zone threat than Dez at this point. Mm. Um, they got some good young receivers. I think they'll probably end up drafting someone or maybe picking up a, a veteran uh, with free agency with whoever's left. Not a whole lot left, but uh, maybe they make a trade for Odell Beckham. <laughs> Jeez. Well, Beckham was uh, Beckham was brought up because yeah. the Giants have been labeled as a potential landing spot for, for Des. Bryant. Yeah, I've heard that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it one is it likely, and two does it make the Giants great? I, I don't think it's likely. Likely, nor do I think it makes them great. <laughs> um, I think Des is gonna he's gonna cost too much for wherever he goes, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, the Giants don't only really need him. They tried that last year with Brandon Marshall. I know he's a little bit older, but I just I I don't know. I, I don't I, I they need a lot more than than a wide receiver mm-hmm. right now. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't. I hope Des finds a spot and I hope he finds success. But he does not make 
he, he won't make your team a Super Bowl contender. Right. right. So my hope is that he gets his money. Go somewhere, get your money, go to Miami and get paid. Yep. You know, do whatever you got to do to get your dollars, Des. But I don't think that any of the contenders are going to come after you thinking that they're going to make you a Super Bowl team. Because mm-hmm. it's still my opinion that regardless of how big of a superstar you are as a wide receiver, you're not putting a team over the top. You know, um, wide receivers just aren't as valuable as some of the other other positions in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I know you disagreed when we talked about this a little while back, but there's certain ones but that they're a handful. Yeah, um, but Des is definitely not one of those. No, not anymore. He might have yeah. been three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Any place you would definitely like to see him? <laughs> I think I think Green Bay would be really funny <laughs> <laughs> with the whole catch thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe like the 49ers. See, that, they came to mind for me, too, and I do still think they have some cap space. I don't know if they have enough to sign him, but having a big body threat on that team would would really help mm-hmm. Garoppolo. And wherever Des go, he's he's going to help that quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Because if you can throw it into a garage, you can throw it to Des Bryant. <laughs> right. So I do think he'll, he'll help out whatever quarterback. Um, and, yeah, I, I could see the Niners being a good spot. Yeah. One other uh... – Pretty decent Cal. He, he was a starter last year. C.J. Anderson mm-hmm. uh, was released with the Bron- from the Broncos. Uh, he's actually, if you look at his stats, averages over four yards a carry. Uh, he has he he's been top five in touchdowns for a few years. One of the still better, and he's young. He's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the better backs in the NFL. He just he's he was stuck in a timeshare, and then the Broncos just for whatever reason never want to fully give him the rock. Yeah. Um, Kind of similar question on the Des. Where do you where do you see where would you like to see him see him go? Do you think he deserves a starting job somewhere? Uh, what what would you like most for the landing of CJ? I think he has it in him to start. I don't know if there's a situation out there that's going to make that possible though. I, I see it as much more likely that he goes to a place that already has a back and is kind of that backup guy. Mm-hmm. Um, places that come to mind. Oh, fuck the Niners. Anyone we talk about could should should go to the Niners. Yeah. Everyone should go to the Niners right yeah. now. Um, but I think about New York could be one. The Giants. The Giants. Um, or the Jets for that. Yeah, either one. Um, I think Miami's still looking for a running back. They could potentially be a, a good spot. Um, yeah, they signed. They I know they like Kenyon Drake and they signed Frank Gore, but I forgot they signed Frank Gore. Okay, so maybe Indianapolis if they're not going to go after yeah. uh, Saquon Barkley. Well, this also opens up too that um, the Broncos are at five in the draft, mm-hmm. and that that leaves it open if if for some reason the Browns pass on Barkley with number four, he'd be a good landing spot mm-hmm. for with the Broncos. I think that'd be cool. If you're the Browns, okay, would you rather? Sign Anderson for cheap and use your pick elsewhere, or sign Barkley. I would I would do the the first. Uh, I would I would sign someone like Ant. They already have Carlos Hyde too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would I would do that because teams are reaching for the first three picks. Yeah, maybe, maybe not the first one. Maybe the quarterback, whoever goes first, deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly think so though. There's some really talented defensive guys. Bradley yeah. Chubb is. A lot of people are saying is the best end to come out in years, and that includes Clowney. So, wow. I, I mean, you're going to get the best player in the draft plus the quarterback you want if you're the Browns. And maybe Barkley is the best player in the draft too. It's hard to say, <laughs> but you're going. But they they have issues everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can get Barkley, but 
how many how many how many first round running backs have worked out in the last year few years too? Yeah, it's, um, it's just been a couple. And you get your Fournette and you get your your Ezekiel Elliott, Gurley, but those yeah. guys are all generational players. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes: So is Barkley? But is that's and that's yeah. it? They need to evaluate: Is Barkley a generational player? Mm-hmm. Can we sign him in for lock him in for five years? And is he going to be now the crux of this team? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've not watched enough tape on him to decide that, but that's what they need to decide. If they decide he's anything less than that, I say sign Anderson, use that pick elsewhere. Right. And you look at the situations with like you situations with the Rams, sign Gurley at like pick seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with like Elliott, I think is pick four. Fournette was pick four. Those guys, those teams weren't teams that had only won one or zero games in the last <laughs> how many years, you know, like right. those teams were already short pieces off from mm-hmm. winning games and the Browns are way far away. <laughs> I think, especially on defense yeah, uh, from, from winning, from winning a championship. Mm-hmm. And so, it, or even getting the playoffs. Yeah. So I think they need to, to balance it more instead of just going, picking a quarterback who probably won't start. <laughs> with yeah. your first pick because they got Tyrod right. and then picking a running back who is a rookie and you just don't know how he's going to do. Yeah, I think it's so tempting for them to do that. I'm a little more optimistic about the Browns in general than you are, I think. But so much of what they've done in this offseason has been on offense. They need defense. They bad. need some defense. They really do. And their defense was OK last year, but it needs to improve if they're mm-hmm. going to be if they're going to be a competitor <laughs> in that division. Their run defense was good last year. They well, yeah, the, I'll give you that. Their front seven was good. They had the worst pass defense in the league, which caused them to give up 30 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> so they they need some defense. Now, maybe they can draft that in second, third, fourth rounds, whatever. I think that their GM has a chance to be GM of the year if they can win seven, eight games mm-hmm. just because of the additions. But while it's tempting to just do offense, 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 they need to, they need to do that. They need to work on the defense too. Otherwise they'll just be a flashy team that loses every week. Yeah. Pretty slow week in sports. I know the NBA playoffs are coming or they're currently going, but uh, I figure we talk about those later on. So yeah. uh, I think we'll move on. Hey, shitheads. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's right. The Lutang clan is back and ready to drop some knowledge. I've endorsed several products over the last few months, but it's time to take a sneak peek into Big Daddy Lou's personal life. People think I'm some sort of one-dimensional sports guru, but be prepared to be shocked. Lou Manuel Miranda is also a music savant. My iTunes library beats the slacks right off Questlove from the roots. What are some of Lou Oyster Colt's favorite musical acts? Well, of course, you always need to start with classics such as KC and the Sunshine Band. Then there's some of your 80s stars like Guns N' Roses. You can never go wrong with some 90s performers such as InSync and the Smashing Pumpkins. But my all-time favorite is Tyo Cruz and his timeless classic, Dynamite. Really? That one-hit wonder from the 2000s? Suck my dick, Seth. Since you don't respect Lou or T. Cruz, I'm going to make you. DJ, spin that shit. I, 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 I came to dance, 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 dance. I hit the floor cause that's my plans, 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 plans. I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands. Yeah, yeah, cause it goes on and on and on. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, I 
throw my hands up in the air sometimes Saying, ayo, gotta let go I wanna celebrate and live my life Saying, ayo, baby, let's go Cause we gon' rock this club We gon' go all night We gon' light this up Like it's dynamite Cause I told you once Now I told you twice We gon' light this up like it's dynamite. Wow. And that's, and that's just a taste. <laughs> Keep an eye out for my new single at the top of the Billboard charts. Impressed? Uh, I'm speechless. Speechless? Lou yeah. Holtz is never speechless. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Before I say a vamoose, just want to wish you two turds. A happy fifth anniversary. Yeah, thanks, Lou. Holds out. Peace. Hey, I'm back from the bathroom. What'd I miss? <laughs> he missed a, a, a timeless rendition of of uh, Dynamite by Lou Holtz. What? Is that what all that bass was? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was so much bass. There was a ton of bass. Yeah, Just so... slapping the walls in here. Oh, <laughs> slathered is more like it. Oh, geez. I can't believe I missed Lou again. I didn't even get to see him. Yeah. Was he nice this time? No, he's still a, he's still a fucker. Oh, well, he's kind of a shithead. What can I say? Yeah. All right, let's move into TV and... Oh, God damn it! this chair broke. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his chair. <laughs> I'm so glad that we recorded that. God damn it. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row. <laughs> What are you doing to these chairs? Well, I think it's because I sit up when I go to sit up. Oh, yeah. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Use your legs, man. I broke America. Dude, you a row. I'll be back. This is why we need you guys to go to audibletrial.com slash SoCo so that we can afford chairs for every time Seth breaks one. All right. We ready? I don't know. Are we? What'd I miss? Okay, are you securely seated now? I am. Everything okay? Yeah, we're good. All right, Jesus, let's get into TV. <laughs> okay. TV. I know we have a little bit of TV corner, a couple shows to review. Yeah, we got two corners. Got any news before we get to that? Got a little bit. Uh, one show, well, a couple of renewals, actually. Uh, one show that I did a TV corner for last week, Jessica Jones, got a season three now. Nice. So they'll be continuing that story. And we even talked about that a little bit, maybe what the future holds last mm-hmm. week. So won't spend too much time on that. Uh, one other uh, renewal is a show you do watch, Barry. Barry season two oh, will be coming to H- the Hobo Network uh, next year. Uh, I know we talked a little bit earlier, but what, what are your thoughts so far? And do you, are you intrigued by season two, do you think? Barry has been really weird for me so far. Um I, I, I honestly can't tell if I like it. It's There are some parts of it that I find interesting, but it has not yet really roped me in. And I don't, I, I, I don't know why. Like, it seems like the kind of thing I should be liking. It's just not really, it's not really doing it for me quite yet. Now, I do plan to continue to watch it, uh, mainly because I want to support Bill Hader, and I really like that he's got that, and I want to see what happens. But... It's not my favorite show on TV right now by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it's really just something I throw on when I have a half an hour to kill at this mm-hmm. point. So I am glad that they got a season two. Um, that makes me more optimistic for the episodes that are to come. Uh, 
but yeah, so far, you know, eh, a little eh for me. But uh, I am going to continue to watch, and I'm glad they got they renewed. You're you're liking it more than I am, though. Yeah, I think I'm enjoying it a little bit more than you are. Again, yeah, like you said, it's not one that it captures my attention the entire time. I'm not gripped to the TV like I am some other shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's definitely it's entertaining. It's got that Dexterish vibe for me, which I really like. I've been looking for kind of another Dexter for a while now, so. I think it's something that I'll enjoy and would would like to see more of, especially Bill Hader, uh, kind of getting more attention recently. So, mm-hmm. and then one other show that's not really a renewal, but it's a series order. Uh, I just announced today that the Goldberg spinoff, the '90s show, uh, is getting a series order. They got so ordered. Wow! I, I did actually really enjoy the the episode they they, they instead of airing ep, uh, episode of the Goldbergs, they aired episode of the pilot episode of this, and uh, Tim Meadows is the lead in it, and the Coach Mueller guy. Uh, is the kind of like the he's not really a lead he's kind of like more he, he's in it more than he is in the Goldbergs but kind of like a sidekick I like the the way they interact together though and Tim Meadows I think deserves to have a have a shot at getting something for the lead I think he's really funny so what's it called I, they didn't really have a name for it there's like Goldbergs present something uh, I can't remember what it was I don't huh. know if they, they have official name for it yet or not so hmm. well I do love me some Tim Meadows so maybe that's something I'll check out I do love the Goldbergs that's when fun. I've seen I just haven't watched it in so long um, that's one thing I hope to eventually make my way back to. Yeah. Well, that's all the news this week. Seth, let's give the people what they really want. We got some TV to talk about. Here's the corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo indeed. Woo indeed. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we got two shows, two TV corners this week. Uh, one was a show that ended in its natural state at the end of a season, like a traditional TV show would. And we had a, a Netflix series that I finished this week. I'll start with the the one that people know about, Walking Dead. Uh, that had its that had its end this week. Uh, a little bit of news to that: it had its lowest rating since the season one finale, huh. <laughs> when no one was watching it. But anyway, so season eight is the the season they're in right now. Uh, again, it was the continuation of Negan, the storyline with Negan, with uh, of course played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I've actually really enjoyed recently in some of the things I've seen, but uh, it finally came to a, came to blows this season. They were, they the the groups were fighting back the Hilltop, uh, the Alexandria, and a couple other groups that have come in and out of the show as well were are uh, battling the Saviors and Negan. And it was this this entire season as a whole. I won't really spoil anything for those who do do watch it or have kept up on it and haven't watched the finale yet. The it kind of had it was a little bit more actiony than last season. That was kind of like the negative of last season was there wasn't much going on. It was kind of one of those filler seasons or a transitional season, and this season had a little bit more, but it still was kind of just pretty slow paced. Um, it was a little bit happier than last season. Didn't have as many you know tragic deaths uh, as we had last year, and there was it wasn't definitely wasn't as brutal as last year with Negan coming into play. They kind of toned it down with the Negan a little bit, made it a little bit more likable. Um, we had, there was, there was a couple of, of couple of major deaths, but they weren't like brutal like Glenn was, uh, the se- prior season. And I mean, overall the, the show, I think it's, it's got to come to its, its close here soon. Uh, Negan is of course, like he's the, in the comics, he's the big, the big bad. He's like the people, the one that people fear and, and the one that people really liked in the comics, even more than like the governor from season like three of Walking Dead, I think. So, uh, as a whole, I, I was really not intrigued until the last probably three or four episodes mm. when when the the war started picking up uh, otherwise the 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 premiere is pretty good 
Uh, there's an episode like of the mid-season that was pretty good with the whole Carl thing uh, for people who probably know about that from seeing it on Twitter. But, um, yeah, I mean, as, as a whole, it was okay. Uh, it's I mean, Walking Dead used to be one of, if not my favorite shows. It's it's definitely middle of the pack towards the bottom now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps my interest, and it, at this point, it's it's just something I watch because I've watched so much of it, and I want to see how it ends. But it's not something like if if someone who has never watched The Walking Dead is like, "Hey, should I watch Walking Dead?" I'll be like, "Maybe watch the first couple seasons." <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, yeah. if you're gonna if you want to watch an entire run of a show, don't. Uh, don't just, just don't don't spend your time on it. How how much further are they pushed out re- renewal wise? I think just season nine right now. I think they've only gone season by season. But with the way the ratings are dipping, either they're gonna have to change something with the show or naturally end it soon. Especially because like some of these stars are getting big now. You got yeah. uh, Lauren Cohan who's doing more stuff, who plays Maggie, and she's already in talks of maybe not coming back. Hmm. Um, Denai Guerrero is about to explode. Denai Guerrero, yep. She is huge from Black Panther, and she's she's an, another one who I could see leaving soon. Andy, Link, Andy Lincoln, who plays Rick, I don't know if, what he's got really going on. Um, <clears throat> Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing more stuff now. now I know he's been on the couple, only been on the couple seasons, but he'll be doing more stuff and, and getting more uh, high-profile high prof- roles in the movies. Let's see. I mean, uh, Norman Reedus has always been a guy who's getting gotten stuff – I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just it, it'll be harder with some of these people branching out and and with the story kind of going downhill a bit in terms of the what the fans think of it. We'll see. We'll see how much longer it goes. I hope it gets a, a natural ending here soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if with the ratings. Yeah, because you mentioned lowest ratings since season one. I wonder if maybe they do a short order uh, for next season, or even if they do a complete order for next season. Um, hopefully they can tie everything up and bring it to a close. I think there's only one logical way for the show to end. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It, I, I will be interested to find out what happens, but I'm not going to watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I did. I, and I know you caught like the last 10, 15 minutes of it when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I did actually like the whole ending of the the war with these people. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was kind of smart and it caught me off guard a little bit with, with some of the some of the characters and and it tied in well, well with the Carl stuff but uh, yeah as a whole it just wasn't it wasn't a great season uh, they tied they did have a, a Walking Dead crossover Fear the Walking Dead uh, which isn't a show I really enjoy that much but the way they did it they brought in Morgan uh, and I thought it would be like a prequel because that's what the Fear the Walking Dead is but it seems like the season will be a, a flash forward back and forward type thing uh, with because Morgan is all all in the current time so uh, I, it has my interest peaked a little bit more than usual for it, so we'll see. How much of this do you think is 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 the story getting worse and less compelling, or is this just law of diminishing returns? Do you think? I do think it's getting less compelling. Mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed the first couple seasons more than, and actually, the governor season was probably my favorite, mm-hmm. which is season three, three and four. But. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's – it might be a little bit of both, but I do think the story has gotten less compelling and they've they've really had to take liberties from the comic book. Like they've had to go shy away from the comic books mm-hmm. uh, because the, some of the characters have had left. Uh, Sarah Wayne Collies, who played uh, the wife – I can't remember her name um, – had had to go for, for film and stuff. Shane – actually, he he was actually on longer than what was in the comics, but he's gotten big now too, John Bernthal. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I would have loved to seen him stay and stand more. Uh, the governor, I think, kind of had a his his time was a little different on the show. They've like saved people's body parts and stuff like like the like Rick only has one arm in the comic books, uh, which is like a dramatic moment that they had to take out. They've had to take out some dramatic moments because of how like gory and and extreme the book can get. So oh sure. Well, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is another classic case of it's season eight of a fucking show. Right. So it's 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 not it sounds to me. Tell me if I'm interpreting this incorrectly. Season eight is not so good that you're saying watch this so that you can get to season eight. Right. It's more just if you've been watching it, you kind of got to. Yep. And so just continue to watch it and it's fine. Right. I think the other thing, too, is like you look at a Game of Thrones who they do like 10, 12 episodes a season, mm-hmm. but they make the episodes kind of longer. I think The Walking Dead, and that's based off of source material at a book. Mm-hmm. I think The Walking Dead would have benefited from this because the first season was, I think, 10 or 12 episodes. I think it was only six. Yeah, you're right. And I think very that, few. I think the second season might have been 10 or 12, yeah. something like that. And then they've lengthened them to the 16 or 22 or whatever they are. Um, I think that The Walking Dead would benefit from that, all of the seasons being 10 episodes mm-hmm. because – you don't have to have the stars there for as long, and you get to take from the source material and stick to it mm-hmm. more uh, more truly. Uh, the a lot of these episodes are just like slow exposition based episodes that get from one point to another, as opposed to being a lot more of the the, the heavy action or uh, way more intriguing storylines. So, mm-hmm. well, and I know you're talking just about the length here, but. It sound with the gore and sort of the 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 adult themes and stuff. It, mm-hmm. HBO would have, I think, been a much better spot for it too. AMC was very lucky to land it, and they can do more than a lot of networks can. Mm-hmm. But I think you know some of the stuff that you're alluding to, HBO could definitely have shown. Yeah. Well, from from one kind of gore to another, <laughs> um, Santa Clarita Diet season two is yeah, the other like show. The, the opposite end of the gore spectrum. Yeah, it's still zombies, still yeah. zombie related. <laughs> I didn't even really make that connection until now. Um, I had a lot of zombie this weekend. But uh, so, yeah, the, this is the comedy starring uh, comedy Netflix series starring Timothy Oliphant and uh, Drew Barrymore. So series uh, Drew Barrymore is a zombie and she but not like a traditional zombie. She, uh, you know, she she can still talk and she acts like a normal person for the most part other than just wanting to eat people. <laughs> and so she's got a family, her and Timothy Oliphant, her's her, her husband, and she has a daughter, Abby. Uh, some other kind of like, the, really the other star of the show is uh, his, his kid's name, Eric. He's, uh, his name's Skylar Gisando. You know him from the vacation movie as the the kid Griswold in that one. He's also on Psych for people who like Psych. Um, he, was, he played young Sean Spencer on that show. But, uh, yeah, so it takes place in California, Santa Clarita, and it's a, just a kind of a, I mean, there, there's not a ton of plot involved in the show. Uh, it's just basically that they're trying to figure out how to stop her zombie tendencies and stop her from decaying kind of like a zombie and really figure out why this, this started, why, why she has the disease. So uh, you do figure, do figure that out because uh, the first season kind of left that open the second season delved more into that a little bit but you do get to the season is really a dealing with a lot of the ramifications of what happened in season one with some of the people she killed and ate and stuff because she you know has the the feral tendencies of a zombie wanting to eat people because she's hungry Uh, which is that's actually kind of one of the funnier parts of the show (laughs) is like her 
when she kills people, she like saves them and it's like a cow, you know, she like, she'll have an elbow that she has to heat up in the microwave, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, and like t- she has to deal with Timothy Oliphant still wanting to have like Chinese and like he's begging for Chinese food, but she doesn't want Chinese food because she wants an arm and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. The comedy in the show is, is definitely the, the most intriguing part, obviously. Uh, it's very, I mean, it's, it is a very, very funny show. Uh, the way they have the, the show set up for the most part is Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore off doing something and they have their daughter Abby and Eric uh, the he's like the neighbor kid uh, off doing some stuff trying to help assist in what in what Timothy Oliphant and, and Drew Barrymore are doing and so the the chemistry that each each one each group has separately is, is actually really cool like Timothy Oliphant plays kind of like the uh, should we be doing this type guy mm-hmm. like oh shit oh man and Drew Barrymore is like yeah let's go do this you know and then uh, Abby uh, the daughter is always like the she's like a very dry sarcastic type of humor and Eric's like the nerdy kid who is like I don't know <laughs> he's like I've I've barely kissed a girl like that type of stuff and so and he like clearly like, he even says to her like he has a crush on her like he has Eric has a crush on Abby so like there's that dynamic going on all the time but uh, no, it's just like it, it's just one of those shows that you can sit, turn your brain off for a while and just laugh at the dumb jokes that, that come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good guest stars in the in the season. Uh, definitely my favorite is Nathan Fillion, who was <laughs> in the first season. Uh, so if you obviously, you know, from the first season, if you've seen it, he gets eaten. And so he kind of comes back as a, as a zombie in this one with the that and his role in the show is very, very comedic relief. Uh and, and very dumb and dry comedic relief at times, but it, it, I don't know. It's it's just it's just a lot of fun to watch. It's nothing you have to really pay too much attention to the plot. They they give it to you on a silver platter uh, when the, when they need to, and uh, it, it's a show I recommend for sure. It's not something I I, I don't like Drew, Drew Barrymore for the most part in most of the things she's in, but and that's what kept me away from the show at first. But I really like her. I really like her in the show. Timothy Oliphant's a guy I didn't think would be. Uh, someone I like quite a bit, but I enjoy his character. Uh, the kids really add a lot to it. It's a show I recommend 100%. Yeah, I can vouch for that a little bit. I saw a couple episodes in the first season and really liked it. It's a tight 25-minute yep. uh, comedy, very easily digestible, pun intended. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, the cast is, is good. Uh, season two is definitely on my list. Uh, so, yeah, this is one I, that I'm looking forward to checking out. Yeah, the what they're able to do with uh, some of the situations that they find themselves in mm-hmm. is very wacky, very funny. Um, the the total opposite of, of Walking Dead. You know, they, they take <laughs> right. almost none of it seriously, and, and that's refreshing. Yep. All righty. Let's move on. We got one more section to talk about, and it is movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Lots to talk about in movies this week. We've got some stuff to review. I think we're going to get on the soapbox today. Maybe a little. But before that, uh, let's talk news. What do you got? So, yeah, first off, uh, there was a handful of trailers that got released or that I saw this week. So one, first one I'll start with is a little bit of a, not like a redaction from my first soapbox, but just maybe a little bit of a, I even mentioned this in the soapbox, that Melissa McCarthy, she... The thing I'm pissed about with her is that she gets that she does the same thing in every movie, right? That she falls down and gets her act stupid. I saw a trailer this week for a movie that's a little bit more artsy and something that uh, I can actually get behind. It's called Can You Ever Forgive Me? 
I don't know if a lot of people know about this this movie. Uh, I've heard a few things just kind of based off of the attention I might be getting for this fall when it's set to come out. But uh, it's definitely a dramatic role for her. She plays this artist. It's based off a true story. She plays this artist, or not artist, but author, who is not very successful. And so to make money, she takes uh, letters written by famous authors, past famous authors, and forges them by adding like juicy little things to it, like love stuff and that type of thing. And then we'll forge a signature and make it look real and she'll make money off of it. Uh, as you can assume by, um, that would be very boring just as a movie premise. Uh, she obviously gets caught. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of like her, her rise and fall, uh, basically that type of story from all accounts. Uh, she's tremendous in it from what I've heard from people who've kind of caught glimpses of it and things like that. I, I even said though, like, I think she's very talented mm-hmm. uh, she, on SNL. I like her on SNL because mm-hmm. she does something different. Same thing here. Like I saw her in this trailer. She's going to have some emotional depth to her. She, you know, she cries in the trailer and she not once does she get hurt or fall down or act stupid. <laughs> she actually is smart in this, tra- in this movie. So I'm excited to check it out. I liked the trailer. I would recommend you check out the trailer, uh, especially because it's going to be an awards season type movie. So, Oh, really? Well, It'll be very, very fun if uh, she goes on and gets nominated or wins an award for us to play back the uh, yeah. the audio from your rant. But it sounds like Hollywood heard you and reacted very fucking quickly. Yeah. So that's good news for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm influenced in the world. <laughs> uh, the second trailer is one that I didn't even know about until uh, a couple days ago, uh, Hotel Artemis. Yeah, which you were psyched about this one. Yeah, they, they released a little bit of a teaser and said tri- full trailer. would have been yesterday, Monday. So... And actually, Jared, shout out to Jared. He did a, a good trailer reaction to this one as well. So, At uh, Jared Buckendall. That's true. Uh, so it's, a, it's kind of, a, it seems like to be a John Wick type premise. Uh, Hotel Artemis is a, basically a hospital for criminals. Can't kill each other in the hospital, can't attack each other, anything like that, just like the Continental and, and uh, John Wick. Uh, stars Sterling K. Brown, uh, Jodie Foster's in it, <laughs> um, Dave Batista. And uh, knives, la- knives, legs, chick from from Kingsman. I can't remember. Sophia Batella. There you go. She was also the mummy. Try not to remember that. She was uh, also, and she was in Atomic Blonde. She is. Uh, there's actually a little bit of Atomic Blonde news here coming up. So, oh, fun. Stay tuned for that. But uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, it's the first trailer. You just kind of get that basic story involved. You get a few jokes and some some cool action shots with some some uh, like Batista gets a, a cool. A cool, like, little action shot on there. Would you say jokes? Is this played as, like, an action comedy kind of thing? There's, there's a few jokes in there, yeah. Batista huh. makes a couple jokes. I hope he actually becomes the he, – he gets a breakout role in this. Obviously, he's good in, in Guardians. In Guardians, but I, I hope he I hope he gets a, a breakout in this one because I really like him. I think he's talented. And obviously, Sterling K. Brown's in it, so there's going to be a little bit a little bit of crying. There will right, be one tear. Right down the middle of his goddamn eye. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's he he's gonna have an action star type role in it too. He he busts out a gun in it. And he's like, "Let's go" type stuff. Nice. So I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm a little I'm I'm interested to see if it does tie into John Wick because it takes place in the future. Uh, I think they said like 2020 or 2030 or something like that. It's 20 something. It wasn't anywhere now. Um, although 2020 is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, no shit. There's <laughs> movies announced for that year. Yeah. So I don't know. Does this premise sound something sound like something you'll be you'll be into? Uh, it definitely does. I think the the dichotomy of here's a hospital, but there's a bunch of killers in it, mm-hmm. but they can't kill. That whole like back and forth thing I can't think could make for some very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Love Sterling K. Brown. I yeah. want to see everything he's in. I also love that he'll be able to kind of 
de-drama a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Jodie Foster, I'll see in anything. I hope Batista's good. Batista was the only thing I liked about Guardians 2. Yeah. So uh, if he, especially if he gets to do a little bit of comic relief, uh, that could be interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely in for this one. I hope it's not a John Wick tie-in. I do not want a fucking whole big John Wick universe. <laughs> Uh, but if it is, I won't complain too much, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and it's also like, I, I have faith too, because I know Sterling K. Brown is, is very much, you know, he's got some clout now mm-hmm. and he's also, you know, he spends, well, A, I mean, he's, he, I think he chooses well the, the roles he does, but, but B, with filming This Is Us, he doesn't have a ton of time right. to do other stuff. When you're, when you're a TV actor, you only have a few months a year to go, to go, to go do a movie. And so I think this says something when he goes to pick something that he's a now going to star in, you know, mm-hmm. I think this that says something and I'm excited for it. Something he probably, you know, viewed as a movie that'll that'll do well and, and play well. So, yeah, that's a good point. One one final trailer I just caught before we sat down. Uh, the Incredibles 2 had another another trailer. Mm-hmm. This one gave a little bit more story. Uh, they they release the uh, the villain for it. Uh, he's Ooh. he's a guy in a mask though, so you don't know who it really is. Uh, you get a little bit more kind of just like details of the world that that they're living in now, which isn't too much different. Uh, Elastigirl, you get more of her. She's kind of like the she's the hero now, and 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 uh, Mister Incredible is at home playing the dad. So there's some funny jokes involved there. <laughs> um, I think we'll have more of uh, the Speed Kid. I can't remember. Uh, Dash. Dash. You'll get more of him in this movie. I think it's just going to be interesting in terms of the the way that everything's going to play with, with between Elastigirl and, and Mr. Incredible. And and the comedy The comedy in this will be, I think, will we'll, we'll we'll draw a lot of people in. I mm-hmm. think the action looks pretty cool, too. So, I don't know. Is this something you're, you're excited for? Uh, I've been charged up about this since it was announced. Uh, I've done a good job avoiding trailers, so I'm hoping that I, I don't get any of the jokes and stuff spoiled for me. But, yeah, definitely highly anticipated. The, uh, highly anticipating this one, like a lot of folks are. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few times that I can remember that a, you know, Disney Pixar type movie getting a sequel has actually excited me. Yeah. And uh, the fact that it's taken this long to me is good news. And they have Brad Bird back. So I am very much looking forward to this one. Yeah, and this trailer actually got me even more excited for it. I, I liked the first movie, but I wasn't, you know, the wasn't the biggest fan of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this this trailer got me a little more pumped for it. So, Well, there you go. I think that comes out in June. Something like that. Yeah. So this is something I, I, I believe that you also have on your list. It is continuing to cast. It. Uh, first of all, we, Shh. we... It. Get the fuck out of here. First of all, it's been officially announced that Jessica Chastain will play the role of Beverly Marsh, mm. grown up, which is awesome. One of the one of the most excited I've been for a casting choice in a long, long time. Uh, in addition to that news, it sounds like James McAvoy and, McAvoy and Bill Hader are both in talks to join that cast. McAvoy would play uh, the main character who is um, is Billy. Billy, I was going to say, is it like Billy or something? Yep. And Bill Hader would play the grown-up version of Richie Tozier. Yeah. Which is just about the most perfect fucking casting choice I can imagine. Uh, Star-studded cast. Now, those two are not official yet. Assuming they are, what do you think of the the kind of big starring cast that we have so far? I like it a lot, actually. I, I called Bill Hader... I think on the ride home, I'd, I'd mentioned yeah. him. Um, 
So yeah, that Bill Hader would would really make me happy. James McAvoy, I think, is a great actor. He mm-hmm. can do a lot, uh, especially like you look at him in Split. He's he's familiar with the horror franchise. Mm-hmm. So that that's an interesting cast. Jessica Jessica Chastain is great too. I'm excited for for her to play Bev, Beverly in this. So I, I think it'll be good. I, I'm not I'm not opposed to having some more of these stars in the movie. The, I think. A, because, like, there's not a ton of, like, when you look at the chapter one, at chapter one, there's not a ton of kid stars you can put in that anyway. And right. the ones they did did put in there uh, made sense, mm-hmm. you know. And and two, the stars they're putting in aren't, like, mega stars. You're not seeing Tom Cruise play Richie Tozier or <laughs> Billy right. or anyone. You know, you're, you're getting guys like, you're getting real actors like James Mac, and not to say Tom Cruise isn't one, but... James McAvoy is, you know, he's he's regarded as a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Hader's a guy's up and coming. He's he's all over the place with his comedy and now has some of the serious work. Jessica, Jessica Chastain uh, was nominated yeah, this year. Yeah, no, was she nominated? I don't think she's nominated for the Oscar. Just Golden Globes, then maybe. Yeah, I think she got snubbed for the Oscar. Yeah, that's BS. Yeah, but yeah, she was she was in there for for Golden Globes. She's a great actress, so I'm excited to for a you know to see who else they get and b for the ones I got currently or sounds like they're getting currently. Yeah, we talked about this a while back, and I was not supportive of having stars. Uh, in general, I think horror works a lot better when you don't know who they are. What makes me kind of nervous about this is going in and saying, "Oh, look, there's Bill Hader," but. If they do a good job and their performances are good and I'm able to forget that they are who they are, then, yeah, then I'll be very impressed. Well, here's here's my thought about that, though, is look at Richie Tozier from the current It, the It Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you saw two seasons of, of uh, Finn Wolfhard and yep. Stranger Things. He looked exactly like Stranger Things kid minus glasses, you know? So, like, and he acted pretty – no, he didn't act very similar. They're different. But, yeah, I mean – I think it's the same thing, you know. And Bill Hader, you're used to seeing him play a bunch of different characters on mm-hmm. SNL. You're California dude, Stefan. Yeah. You don't ever look at him as Bill Hader, right? You look at him as, as these char- different characters he plays. Yeah. That's so, actually a really good point. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that the... the And James McAvoy played 19 different characters in Split. Yeah. So. They're, they're each going to be able to operate within their strong wheelhouse, yeah. I think. Uh, McAvoy, you know, uh, Bill is going to have some... Uh, I won't give too much away about the the book or slash movie, but uh, the stutter that Bill has will make a return for him as an adult. So I think McAvoy is someone who would handle that well yeah. and with good taste. Uh, obviously, Jessica Chastain, Beverly Marsh grown up is a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Chastain can play that very, very well, as we just saw in Molly's Game most recently. So yep. if it's going to be stars, I'm very glad it's these stars. Yep. And so I'm very hopeful it seems to me like this is going to get a way bigger budget even than the first one. Oh, yeah. My hope, uh, because all the kids are returning as well to do flashbacks, and I am hopeful that they steer more to adult-type scares. Uh, one of the things I thought about it was that it could definitely have stood to be more scary no. uh, in the terror parts. No. So I'm hoping that with adults in there instead of kid actors, they're able to kind of let the leash looser, a little bit more loose, uh, when it comes to the the terrifying parts, because because Pennywise should be way fucking scary, and so I hope that they're able to really get that across um, in a, in a big way here. But very very excited for this movie. Um, 
you know, they did such a good job with the first one and and they're treating the property with the right amount of respect. So uh, I, I really like where all this is going. I have one other piece of news and it's kind of a it's kind of a split in two kind of things. Okay. Um, so two Spielberg pieces of news. First of all, over this last weekend with uh, Ready Player One still making money, Steven Spielberg became the first director in history for his movies to now have grossed $10 billion. $10 billion. Billion, billion. So in case you needed a number that proved that Spielberg was the best director of all time, <laughs> you now have that. Uh, I've talked at length about why he is, so I won't get too much into that right now. I know probably people are sick of hearing me talk about it. Um any uh, any opinion for you on, on Spielberg finally hitting that big $10 billion? I mean, it, it shows that he's probably the most successful director of all time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's pretty It's pretty cool. I'm not the biggest Spielberg fan. And it's not just, It's not that I don't like his work. I just haven't watched a ton of it. So. Right. Yeah, I think it's good and well-deserved. And, uh, you know, so I, at the very least, he sits on the Mount Rushmore of directors, I would say, in movie history. And so... Um, this will strengthen my argument when I have uh, when I have one with someone else that he is the best ever in my eyes. Um, also in Spielberg news, it's going to get into the superhero business. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I, I did hear about that. Just a little bit ago before we hit record today, uh, DC actually has landed Spielberg for a uh, – it's kind of a little-known property called Black Hawk. And I don't know much about it other than I think it's set during, like, World War II. And uh, Spielberg is set to direct. So uh, I also, it was unclear to me whether or not this would tie into the DCEU. Um, It didn't look like it would. So more to be seen there. But this is pretty fresh news. But uh, what are your thoughts, if any, on Spielberg getting into, you know, the big big superhero, uh, you know, big superhero genre now? Yeah, I, I don't really know much about the about the the source material or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it could be huge though, because a he he does really well with the World War II stuff, mm-hmm. and and b I mean it's it's DC, so he's going to have a budget behind him. Yep. And DC uh, DC has good comic source material, like really good comic. Some of the most serious and and some of the most deep source material compared even like Marvel. They've done a good job of adapting it to movies and making it successful, but DC has some of the stuff that's like you see, a lot of the DC writers end up writing for movies or have written for movies and stuff. So I, I think that he could do a great job with it, no matter what it is. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear more about it and kind of see what happens. Yeah, if anything could get me to a DC movie, it's a uh, well, it's a Spielberg directed one. So we shall see. This is a long ways off. It was just announced today that he's involved. So. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that, but yeah, it's. I, I hope that DC is going to continue to do what it seems like they're doing. Um, you know, bringing in um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix and the director Scorsese and Martin Scorsese, uh, and then and now Spielberg. So if if they can get, like you said, really good source material, if they can get the right directors in there, I could see there being good DC movies. Mm-hmm. The DC EU has not been good so far, but there's room out there for these movies to be good. So. Um, We'll see. I don't know. Uh, so I mentioned earlier we talked about Atomic Blonde. Uh, Atomic Blonde Two is now in the works. Uh, ah. So they're they're writing that as we speak. Charlie's Throne has talked about wanting to come back for it. I think she's going to be in a producer role as well. Is that something you'd be interested in? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I I liked the first one, but I wasn't I wasn't blown away by it. 
And I hope that this one can really go more into the the, the story. Obviously, have sweet action like they did, but yeah, I think the 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 biggest you know the there's several twists in this in the first Atomic Blonde, and I think they are really what made me go from enjoying the movie to really really enjoying the movie were the couple of twists that they had. But I think that the way they shoot the action, I think her character um, could very well be a action star who you can move to different locales, change the time up a little bit, and she can really be put into any situation and still be good, I think. Mm -hmm. I hope to God they don't do a fucking prequel for this. If it's a prequel, (laughs) I will not go. (laughs) But if they can put her, maybe it's five years down the road and she's in another um, another conflict in history and, and we see how she's kind of involved. I would love to see something like that, something a little anthological, mm-hmm. you know, similar to a James Bond type thing. So uh, I, I'm very intrigued to see where they go. I hope to God it's not a prequel. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like the style of the first one as well, so I hope they do remain in the 80s. But mm-hmm. uh, Just got done talking about Spielberg and DC and superhero. A couple pieces of superhero news here real quick. Uh, first one is going back to DC. They f- they did confirm today that they're going ahead with because uh, we talked a, a months ago now. DC had a bunch of scripts for uh, oh Harley Quinn for Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie. They picked one because they liked the script so much. Birds of Prey. That's okay. what they're going ahead with. Margot Robbie is going to be in that as well. Uh, it's written by that Christina Hodson woman, and uh, I don't know if she's. I don't know if she wrote it. She's definitely directing it. I don't know if she wrote this one or not. But So that'll be the next project that Margot Robbie will be going with with DC. Uh, this is one I, I'm, I'm actually intrigued with. The Birds of Prey are, are I think, are pretty interesting uh, as a whole. I don't know. What, what's, what's this? Uh, what, what do you think this does for DC? What do you, what do you think this, their future holds with in terms of where they're going, where their future, where, where their track goes? I think they have one more chance at this Harley Quinn character. And I'm not optimistic. I could not fucking stand Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad, mainly because that whole movie was dog shit around her. So this is another opportunity for them to get her right and put her in the right movie. Yeah. We'll see. I'm going to go, but not with much optimism. Yeah. I I think it'll be interesting because you're going to have... You're going to have some some lesser known characters to come into. I think this is, this will help. I think they'll be able to play off each other a little bit better than, than uh, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, going going uh, back on some more superhero on the other side of things with the Marvel Universe. Not really the MCU right now, but the, just the Marvel films with Fox. Uh, Josh Brolin said today that Cable uh, is confirmed to be in a four-film arc, starting with Deadpool 2. Oh. So um, I don't know what they're, if, if he's going to be involved in like the New Mutants or if he's going to be involved in uh, the Dark Phoenix, that type of thing. But uh, I don't know... The, this really kind of has a conflict in terms of a he's Thanos, <laughs> um, so if it does end up coming over to the oh, yeah. to the MCU, what do they do about that? And b do we need four cable films? Here's where I think they have an opportunity. One, I hope they don't put Deadpool in the MCU. I think as annoyingly large as the MCU already is, I do not think there's room for Deadpool, um, especially in a PG thirteen Marvel MCU movie. Now that said. I think there is room for several Cable movies because Cable can travel through time. And I think that him going to different places in time, basically it would be a dirty version of Legends of Tomorrow. (laughs) So him going to different areas of time, maybe he takes Deadpool with him to some, maybe not. 
uh, I, I could see that being interested, given that he's good in Deadpool 2. That will be very important. By all accounts so far, he is. So if he's a character that we like in Deadpool 2, then yeah, I, I support him doing different stuff uh, for a few more movies. I could, I could see that working. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge – just the Fox Marvel Universe I'm not a huge fan of other than Deadpool. So I don't know how – we'll see how he is. In, I, I'll wait – I'll really wait for my judgment here until we see Deadpool 2 mm-hmm. and see how he is in that. Lastly, in terms of news here, uh, one movie that we both absolutely adored was A Quiet Place. Love that movie. Yes. John, John, John Krasinski uh, has confirmed to be a producer and potentially direct uh, his next film – that he's working on. Uh, it's called Life on Mars. Uh, that will be with Platinum Dunes and uh, Paramount again. Uh, kind of a horror thriller once again. Uh, the premise here, it's based off of a short story where the Earth is kind of ending again in the future and uh, a woman is able to breathe in on Mars, basically. She can survive in Mars' Mars atmosphere. Mm. And there apparently there's a big twist in this. I haven't read this yet, but... Uh, it's it's kind of a similar premise, and you know where where there's some weird shit happening, you sure. know, and some people are kind of off on their own. So, do you do you like this as his next step? Would you rather see him go into maybe more of a drama or a comedy role, or do you think he should stick with the horror for a bit here and continue to work on these big more uh, big big studios like Paramount and Platinum Dunes, or should he go to like a smaller one like A twenty four, something like that? First of all, this movie sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. Uh, anything in space or on Mars, I am absolutely there for. Uh, I think that he could do something like this justice. Um, I I would like to see him on an A24 just because I think he would have some more creative freedom. Mm-hmm. That said, I do think that Paramount and Platinum Dooms will give him more of a rope because of the success of A Quiet Place. Right. Um, we'll see. I mean... You know, we, we talked a few weeks ago about Jordan Peele. Where does he go from here? Mm-hmm. And I think that this will be a true test of is John Krasinski really good or did he get really lucky? Right. And I am optimistic. I think that what I saw in A Quiet Place was real talent uh, in terms of directing and making a movie. So if that same those same skills can be applied to Mars, then that will be my favorite movie of that year. <laughs> so uh, I love this. Uh, I like the idea. I'm going to, now that I know this, this is the first time hearing about it, I'm going to avoid all articles, trailers, spoilers, anything like that. I'm not going to read the short story because if there's a cool twist, um, I'm I'm confident that Krasinski is going to do it justice and it could be really fucking dope. Yeah, apparently the, the story is very, very short, like uh-huh. really short. <laughs> um, so some people are kind of speculating maybe that's just the launching off point for the movie sure. or like maybe the first act or something. And then he, he really creates the world himself. Uh, after that and where the story goes but yeah i i would be i'm i'm into it I, i'm i would see it at this point because of how much i like a quiet place so have they cast emily blunt yet <laughs> no but probably will i hope they do <laughs> uh last last thing here quick couple quick reviews uh for for movies i saw this weekend uh which will probably lead into the soapbox here but uh <laughs> First one, uh, we, you talked last week that you saw Chappaquiddick. I did end up going to see that this weekend. Uh, I won't spend much time on it because you you did talk about it, but I enjoyed it. I actually like this movie a lot. Uh, Jason Clark as Ted Kennedy, I thought was great. Very good. Did a really good job in that movie. Uh, I did enjoy Ed Helms' performance as well, kind of being the the voice of reason in the movie. Jim Gaffigan, I thought was he did fine in his little bit part. 
Uh, all the like lawyers and stuff were really skeezy, which I liked. <laughs> uh, I thought the story was really interesting because it's it's one of those things that's been like a, a conspiracy theory or not really conspiracy theory, just kind of like those. There's been a lot of theories thrown around with it, so it was cool to see and 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 it being like a biopic history type thing. It was cool. I liked it. Definitely, I'd recommend it too. The other movie I saw. A little bit more lighthearted in tone, uh, Isle of Dogs, uh, which is the Wes Anderson dog uh, animated, clay animated type movie. Uh, this one, if you've seen, probably seen the trailers, it has a shit ton of voice actors in it. God, yeah. Like, a, there's too many. <laughs> um, really, the main ones, though, you'll hear is uh, Brian Cranston plays the, the main dog in it. Uh, Chief is his name. Uh, you also have Bill Bill Murray. Uh, Edward Norton's another one you'll hear quite a lot of. Uh, some other smaller ones in there, too, uh, that I don't know how, how much of a uh, role they had to play. Uh, Greta Gerwig was in it, who's the director of Lady Bird. Frances McDormand was in it. Uh, some others as well. Uh, the story, basically, is bunch, uh, dogs in, in, I think, Japan. They uh, all get this disease, uh, dog flu, that has risk of being transferred to humans and the evil overlord of Japan, basically, he uh, likes cats. So he's like, screw the dogs. Let's get them out of here. <laughs> um, get them out of the to trash island, they call it. And uh, basically, that they're going to end up being killed. So it's a story of, of his, not his son, but his uh, guardian, or his, he's a guardian of a kid who really likes the dog. He's assigned uh, Spots is the dog's name. And he wants to go to Trash Island to save him. So it's a really nice story in that way. Uh, of you know, kind of the the love that they have for dogs. Uh, honestly, though, it's it, this movie isn't really a statement on dogs. Obviously, it, there's a, there's a lot of like racial statements and things like mm-hmm. that in there. So uh, you can come to expect that, especially with Wes Anderson. He's going to make statements and and be very creative about it. I do like Wes Anderson a lot. I he I know he's not some people's tastes. Um, he he's very his humor is very dry and also very like to the point. Uh, so much so, like he 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 clearly points out humor, <laughs> like he's it's it's on the screen literally in words half the time, uh, especially with this movie. Uh, just a and he keeps the Wes Anderson style in this, uh, which is very like straight single camera pointing at the actors, but in this case the clay animation. Um, it has that the the music is very Wes Anderson too, just kind of like that the indie rock indie <laughs> soft rock type music. Uh, I thought the movie though was 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 good. Uh, some some nice emotional moments for an animated movie. I'm not someone who really gets behind animated movies a whole lot, but because this is Wes Anderson, I, I did want to see it, and I, I was I was pretty connected to it. There's times though where like where Brian Cranston's talking, uh, I'm like I can't not hear Brian Cranston, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it took me out of it at points. But yeah, as as a whole, I would say check this out i wouldn't rush this theater to see it a lot of theaters probably aren't playing it <laughs> anyway but i would say if it, you know if it's it's i could see it being uh animated oscar nomination this year something like that so oh, cool yeah this one's on my list i'm gonna try to get to it it's been a limited release it was delayed we had to wait a while to get it here in cedar rapids so yeah i got it on my list i'm gonna try to check it out in the next week or so yeah something you might you might enjoy more because i know you had like more of a connection to like coco uh, not yeah. quite, not quite as emotional as Coco. God, I hope not. I'll die. <laughs> but uh, it's a little bit more, a little bit more lighthearted than Coco. Mm-hmm. But no music either, no singing, <laughs> which I enjoy. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I could definitely see it though, just with artistically and and you know, kind of some of the voice voice performances and things like that, the way it's mm-hmm. written. 
I could see it being a, an animated Oscar nom. That's good. So I went to a movie that will not be nominated for an Oscar. Um, well, two. Um, the one I went to by myself was Truth or Dare. Mm. And uh, ordinarily, so ordinarily, this is a movie that I would come on and I would describe the plot of mm-hmm. to, to you and to the audience. Um, but I, I am really excited because we're going to be doing something a little different with the the plot spoils of, of Truth or Dare. I'm actually going to be doing it as a video. And uh, we're... I won't say too much more about it, but it should be really fun. I'm, I'm excited to do that. And you'll see that released on uh, on the Jared Buckendall channel before too long here. Um, still getting working some, some things out. But uh, yeah, I'm going to do a video of the plot summary of Truth or Dare. So keep an eye out for that. But um, for now, to just to give you a spoiler-free review of Truth or Dare, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's very much a very typical... Uh, stupid teen horror movie that's not very scary so much as it is mildly creative with uh, some pretty satisfying deaths and a logic that that does not track. (laughs) The act in it is mediocre to poor across the board. Um, There's really nothing to grab onto here. Uh, It's... I could see where it'd be fun um, you know, it's it's enjoyable enough. I wasn't bored in it, but it really didn't give me anything that I wasn't expecting. And everything about it was in the plot. Um, so there's really not a lot. I, I'm not recommending you go see this. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I could maybe if it's on Netflix a while from now and you're trying to drink a bunch of beers and watch something or you're trying to Netflix and chill, then sure, check it out for that reason. But I wouldn't recommend rushing out to the theater to see it. I would recommend watching my uh, soon-to-come video about it, though. So, <laughs> I, based on what I saw in the movie, I think that the video will be a lot of fun. So, looking forward to to getting that pushed out as well. You and I both went last week to Rampage, mm-hmm. and uh, by the time by the time this podcast comes out, the ride home from Rampage will will be up as well. So, you'll be able to check out what we thought immediately after leaving the theater in that video so we'll be quick about this here um i think it's a stinker a lot of people are really liking it though you know they're saying it's it's fun it's enjoyable it's just a big dumb loud action movie it was too dumb for my taste um what did you where'd you fall i didn't i definitely didn't enjoy it uh the fun there are some fun parts but when i say like a fun movie when someone says it's a fun movie i want something like ready player one fun Mm -hmm. you know um, it doesn't even need to have that much story like Ready Player One did. I just want it to be fun throughout. Mm-hmm. And when when your fun is involved in the 20 minutes of action at the end of the movie, yeah. that, that's I'm going to be out of it by that point. Mm-hmm. So This was – someone had an idea for a 10-minute scene, and then they built two hours of movie around it that all sucked. Mm-hmm. And the without getting too much into – I this I have a question for you, and I keep I keep going back and forth about this. What the fuck is it with the Rock? Like, and just just what the fuck is it? Like, wh- everything the Rock does makes a shitload of money. He's a he's a he. I will go so far as to say the Rock is a bad actor. He's a bad actor. Hmm. Um, but what the fuck is it about the Rock that everyone wants to go see his shit? My point that we I think we've talked about off air. Was that he is he is the equivalent of a 
Sly Stallone or an Arnold Schwarzenegger of the mm-hmm. 80s. Is, and the movies he makes – and he, I just read an article about this before we sat down, actually. He he apparently he apparently was going to not do Rampage. The, the original ending of Rampage, spoilers, had George dying. Okay. And, and obviously – he doesn't in in the in the movie they do kind of a false false finish type thing and he has a happy ending and he talked about if he dies i'm not doing this movie the reason for that is he said i i don't he, he says he wants to make movies where people are happy and have fun and and have an enjoyable experience he said he even said uh to, to when he had this conversation with the, the writers and everything he said guys we're not making saving private ryan <laughs> we're you know we're making a, a fun dumb action movie and i think that's that's what he's going for. Like, there's, I think, in a world where that's become saturated again in the summertime, mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to make those type of movies, at least action movies. Uh, I think it's starting to catch up a little bit. Like the fat, the Fast and the Furious movies really were like the peak of that. Yeah. And so some people are starting to realize like that's we need a little more substance. And so maybe his his work gets gets a little bit more substance to it. But he's sly, he's Sly and Arnie. He he is this generation Sly and Arnie. Uh, you you see a rock movie, you know you're going to go out there, get some crazy action scene in it, a couple jokes here and there, um, and and you're not going to have to think. Yeah, and I I get it, and and when you when you compare him to Sly and Arnie, it, it makes a ton of sense. It really does. But I don't know. There's something, and I think I think on a I think I'm pretentious. I think is the problem <laughs> um, because I want something to connect to. I want something to feel. And nothing The Rock has ever done has ever made me feel anything. <laughs> and so, and and this is why I don't go to Fast and the Furious. Like, there is a market for this shit, and I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you just want to scream and watch impossible shit happen and blow it up and stuff, fine. Whatever. Um, maybe, maybe I'm just too much of a snob to enjoy this stuff. I don't know. But, like, there are... Uh, I, I've been to stuff recently that, that didn't really have a lot of substance to it, but I really enjoyed um, something with The Rock, though, just frustrates me. I, like, there are, I think part of what it is, is that there are a million great actors out there who don't get work or whose work doesn't get seen. And then The Rock comes out and just farts at us and then flexes for like two hours <laughs> and he makes a billion dollars. This was the biggest opening ever in China. Mm-hmm. Rampage was. Rampage. <laughs> biggest opening ever in China. And it's just it, it frustrates me. It's like the same thing about how the guy who made the Snuggie is a billionaire. <laughs> like it doesn't make it doesn't fucking track logically. And it on one hand it makes me sad, but on the other, I mean, it's kind of like good for you, Rock. And you know, get your money, fine, whatever. But no, please fucking don't ever try to tell me the Rock is a good actor. I've I've been hearing people review the Rampage and say the Rock turns in a good performance. No, he fucking doesn't. He doesn't do anything. All he does is, is read and he's the rock. So like, I don't know. It, it's very frustrating to me because I, I can't empathize with people who just love these, this movie and movies like it and, and fast and furious. And it's, it's frustrating to me because I want to get it, but I just can't. And I, I and think maybe it, maybe I'm just a dick. I don't know. I don't think the rock is a bad actor. I think that he does what he's tapped to do and he's tapped to do the same thing in every movie pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say was that the two villains in this movie, they oh, were bad terrible, actors. Terrible. They were terrible. And I even thought that uh, the female lead in this, I can't remember her name. Who's the actress? Naomi Harris. She was bad. She can get it. 
Um, she can't act. Yeah, she was At least bad not too. In that. I don't know what else she's been in. I I think the, I think the Rock the Rock was the, the only one in the movie that I really cared about in terms of like their performance and their character. Um, and then George the the the, the giant ape. Mm-hmm. But I think the Rock. Anytime he's in a movie, he plays he plays the Rock basically. Yeah. You know, he's he's charming. He's he's strong. He's charismatic. He's funny. He does those things. Mm-hmm. He he's never. He's never he never hinders a movie by what he does. He's not going to win an Oscar anytime soon. If he wins an Oscar, I'll jump off a bridge. Well, Sly Stallone did. <laughs> yeah, but like at least for a good draw. Like, yeah, but he played. Guess what? Guess what he did after Rocky? Played the same character over and over again. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. But the but, even in Rambo, but, he was just like action Rocky. Right, but, he, <laughs> but at least he had Rocky. You yeah, know what I mean, his was earned, and yeah. and and Stallone had Terminator. He earned that, and. I, the Rock never earned it to me. I don't get it. Like, I don't know. And we could go back and we, you know, we could talk about this all fucking day. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like the guy. I do. I loved him as a wrestler. Um, I like The Rock as a person. I think he's a, a cool, charismatic guy. He just has whatever it is. He just has it. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to go see his shit. And I just don't get it. I don't know. But this fucking skyscraper movie is also probably going to break records in China and whatever. I'm the excited. Hell. I'm actually excited to see this one. You know, it's just Die Hard. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> he has one leg, and he's the Rock, and it's going to be a better looking Die Hard. Going to have better. Also, isn't he like? Isn't he supposed to be like a janitor in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one who fucking well, he, I looks think like he, the Rock. I think he's like a, a security guy. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to make more sense. But like, um, no one who looks like the Rock. I don't care if you can't read. You're not going to end up as a fucking janitor. <laughs> so. I, and it does. It's not going to have giant fucking monsters in it. So I'm actually more excited for skyscraper than. than we'll see. And you know what sucks? I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna give it. I my even money. gave I'm, you an out on rampage. I was I like, I am part of the problem. I even <laughs> there was something else we could have done, and I and I was like, it's up to you. <laughs> I even gave you an out on rampage. Yeah, because well, I kind of wanted to hate watch it to be honest, but like I know I'm part of the problem, people. So don't 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 at me and say you went to it, Cody. You're you're supporting it. I fucking get it. Uh, to but, be fair, I we haven't gone to a Fast and the Furious at all, so that's true, and I fucking won't. I don't care if they cast Tom. You know what? If they cast Tom Cruise in Fast and Furious, I'll go. I still wouldn't go. <laughs> anyway, that that's that's me getting a little bit on on my high horse. Yeah, I think there's something that you wanted to get off your chest too. Yeah, I really hate when people hate on The Rock. Oh, fuck those you. motherfuckers! <laughs> I I got a little perturbed this weekend uh, at the theater. One at myself for. Liking something Melissa McCarthy did on on screen, um, but two, I am I'm getting real tired of people at the theater, like going to basically I just need to not go to the theater anymore. I think is the solution here. <laughs> but the way people act in theaters, and this started with a Quiet Place, and mm-hmm. if you watch the ride home, you'll see that um, with the beginning of the video. But this really was enhanced by a Quiet Place, but it continues some other movies I saw. Quiet Place. We're sitting, we got there a little late, so we didn't get the best seats in the house. But next to us was a group of teenagers-ish, I think, around around that. Yeah, fucking teens. Yeah. And there was, there was like five or six of them. They, it looks like they didn't have, uh, there, there was maybe like one person who didn't come, so they had open seats that they had. So they kept, for one, they kept running back and forth between their goddamn seats the whole movie. And two, they were texting and had some fucking light on on their phone that kept going off over and over again and then they were talking during a movie 
That's all about silence. The entire draw of the movie is to be goddamn quiet. And the only thing I heard the entire week from people who'd seen the movie is like, my theater was really good about people not talking. Even when people are eating, I was like, okay, that's fine. No, I, we went to a screening where these fucking morons were, were talking and being stupid the entire time. They didn't even give a shit was on the screen. Children shouldn't be allowed into movies unless it's a movie they should be allowed into. Like, If they were doing that during Incredibles, fine. But a, a horror movie, if if they would have been doing this during, I went and saw Three Billboards. If I saw someone seeing Three Billboards, doing that during Three Billboards, I would have brained them. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were better behaved kids, like ten year olds in Rampage. In Coco, we saw Coco with three year olds, and not one of them talked. <laughs> you were louder than them crying during that movie. Oh fuck you! <laughs> but yeah, these mo- like. Really? Are you kidding? These delinquents. <laughs> these, these kids deserve to be in juvie. Uh, they were just trying to get a hand job, man. Like, yeah. you, you were there. Like, <laughs> when you were a kid and you went to the movies. I remember going to Mr. and... I went to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I could not tell you a single fucking thing about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Because you were jerking off? A, I was trying to get a hand job. Mm-hmm. I didn't, but I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the other one is I, I felt a little extreme about this. And I felt a little bad about it. But I was... <laughs> genuinely getting pissed off i went to see chappaquiddick and <laughs> so are you about to make fun of someone with difficulty no no no. i'm not making fun of someone with with it's it's really it's just me being really angry <laughs> so i got the back row when i go to movies by myself and especially like an arty movie i like getting the back row um so that i can like take it all in and enjoy it and get better sound usually from that um, there's a woman sitting in front of me with her friend and she is having a coughing fit like during, and this is a movie pretty much all dialogue based, right? Mm-hmm. She's having a coughing fit during a pretty heavy dialogue scene and it's taken me out of it. And I'm looking at, I'm looking her way and just breathing heavy <laughs> and it was kind of lit up in there a little bit, and I noticed that she was a little bit older and had a neck brace on. <laughs> but God damn it, she was. I was still. I was still fucking furious. You know why she had the neck brace? Because the guy in the movie she went to earlier that day wasn't as patient as me. <laughs> I was getting just irate because she just kept coughing, and it made me think. And this has happened before. It's like. I, I get it. If you have a little tickle in your throat, whatever, cough. If you're sick, you're sniffling, it happens. But if you're having a coughing fit and it's one of those you can get get done with just taking a drink of water, leave the fucking theater. <laughs> I know you paid your $15 to see that movie, but Jesus fucking Christ. Come on now. So like, these must have been meaty, productive, like, ah! Yeah, it was loud. <laughs> and it's in a theater with, like, there it was 1030 on a Saturday. That shows you my life right now. And, and <laughs> there was, like... 10 people at most in the theater, all of them couple up except for me. And <laughs> <laughs> so 11 theater, 11 people in the theater. And, and she was also the way they had these, these set up now is like, there's only one way to get in and out of the seats, right? Because they're loungers. Uh. So she like, she was on the edge where there was no and exit. She would have to walk all the way across, go to the bathroom and she's old, got a neck brace on. It probably would have taken her a while to get to the bathroom or at least get outside the theater. But it doesn't fucking matter. Be be courteous. I don't care if you fell on the ice. I don't care if you have some sort of some sort of like spinal surgery you just had. I don't give a shit. I'm trying to watch this movie. I didn't pay any money for it cuz it was movie pass, but still, 
I want to fucking watch this movie and you're taking me out of it. <laughs> Be goddamn courteous, old woman. Well, there you go, you old bitch. Yeah. That's what... I don't care if you have pneumonia. Get the fuck out of Seth's theater. Exactly. He's trying to watch Chappaquiddick. The, the, only, the only way it's going to be acceptable is if you fall over and die. At least I can tell that story. That would be a... Oof, that'd be challenging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is, is if you're from ages like 22 to however old I get, you can go see a movie, but otherwise don't. <laughs> there should be... Have you heard of like... Like wedding receptions where they don't allow kids. Yeah, you've heard yeah. Those. You should be able to go to a special screening where there's no kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a rated R. You know, like a 17 and up screening, or well, fuck, it's probably gonna have to be a 25 year up year and up screening. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd pay a dollar extra for like a shut the fuck up rule <laughs> with like buzzers in the seats that shock you if you make too loud of decibel noises. They have the heater, the heated seats now at our theater. Mm-hmm. You turn it up to like. Like 110 degrees, just, just like burn, burn their ass. ass. Yeah, <laughs> just melt their pants. <laughs> um, and during, uh, I'm not even kidding. Like now that they have these reclining seats too, that's another thing that's pissing me off. Is that some of these people will like just start uh, rocking it back and forth. I saw three billboards is an, an actual example of some kid, and he he was doing it before the movie. But like even before the movie in the trailers, it's pissing me off now. Yeah, because I'm like, are they going to do this the whole goddamn time? The kid was doing the button over and over again. He and he was like a hot. He was like twenty two and he's high as shit. I could smell it on him. <laughs> but he just kept doing that, like do 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 And I was like, if I didn't have someone there with me, I would have been like, kid, I swear <laughs> to fucking god, <laughs> you want to be the dead one on the billboard, don't you? <laughs> they would say why. <laughs> Murdered for playing with the fucking button at movie the theater by Seth. Why, Cody Michael? Why didn't you stop him? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I have to agree with you. I'm I'm not as uh, passionate about anything as you are about this. But uh, I just want to go see a movie without people being there. Is that too much to ask? Well, that's what home video is for, man. Yeah, but then I don't. But get... I get your point. You want to go see it in the theater. yeah. Yeah, it's been. You know, it's funny because. For a long time, I have not had any negative theater experiences, Mm -hmm. but I was with you for A Quiet Place, and then for this to have happened right after, Mm -hmm. um, I think is just a very unfortunate timing of it all, but... um, I notice it a little bit more than I think that you do, too, because, like, I notice the cell phones really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, If I see a light up in the corner that's not there, (laughs) I'll I'll notice it like that. Um, So that had, like, that was another one, is is during uh, Isle of Dogs, Mm -hmm. there's an old couple next to me. A um, couple seats down, but and they had their phone on the the light was on all the way low, but I still notice it. Like she kept checking her phone. She did it like seven or eight times, mm. and that was a little less intense in terms of like there's it's not as it, there's dialogue, but there's more going on there than that. So I wasn't as upset. But like just people need to like seriously, you're you paid for these seats. Other people paid for these seats. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't go to a comedy show. Well, a comedy show. You wouldn't go to a theater show in like Broadway mm-hmm. and be talking throughout. No. Or they don't. Even, I don't know if they even let you have like food and shit in there. Like I think this. I think the, a lot of them don't. I think the same rule should apply for for a movie theater. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I don't know why people are dicks in those places. Like I am a corpse in a movie. Yeah. Like I get comfortable and I don't move. Exactly. Unless something really intense happens and then I'll react to that or out loud. Or it's a boring movie. Fucking nothing. I am a dead body mm-hmm. in there. And and I 
if Seth, if everyone was like me and you, the world would have no problems. That's true. We, I think we've learned that. No more soapboxes. Just everyone be like us. Just be like us, people. Mm-hmm. If you are like us, then you would you'd be celebrating your 40th podcast episode. That's true. Which again, we're very proud of, and we're very grateful to those of you who have listened to us for this long. Um, and then cheers to 40 more. Uh, if you have been listening this long or if this is your first episode, make sure, of course, that you're subscribed to us wherever it is you may be listening. Uh, don't forget also to hit us up on Twitter. We are at Seth Oat, at underscore Cody Michael, and at Soco Show Pod. Uh, hit us with an email if you like. That's SocoShow91 at gmail.com. Good mail. And don't forget to subscribe also to Jared Buckendall on YouTube, which is where you'll find all of his reviews, all of his trailer reactions, the ride home, and also uh, the upcoming explanation of the movie Truth or Dare. So make sure you subscribe there, turn your notifications on so that you get all of the uh, new content there as soon as it drops. All of the places to contact us will be in the description down below as always. Also, don't forget to check out audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Get your first 30 days of Audible for free. <laughs> and also get your first book credit for free. <laughs> Again, that's audibletrial.com slash SoCo. We will be back again next week with episode 41. This has been Seth Ott and Cody Michael. Thank you, you know for joining. You know what? Hey, hold on. I'll let you do it for the 40th, 40th episode. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. This has been the so-host, Seth Ott, and the co-host, Cody Michael, for The SoCo Show. Folks, we will see you next week. Bye. I'm so happy. (laughs) 